Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week, we travel to Serbia. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Monty. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week, we take you through a different country's national final and pick the song that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites, and at our live event, we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. Woo woo woo! Woo woo! <laughs> hey. Hello, Matt. Hey. You right? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, April splits down for my last episode. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so this one's going to be a fun one then. Yeah, I'm feeling yeah. that. I'm feeling that, yeah. <laughs> so we're in Belgrade this week. In Serbia, for Piesma, the Eurovisio, Dvadasit 3. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have we done Serbian um, podcasts before? Don't know if we've done a podcast. We've definitely had Serbian entries in Second Cherry over the years. Yeah. But I'm not sure if we've done a Serbian podcast, actually. No. Is that Maybe the first one? The first one. Yeah, so even in our fifth year, we are breaking new ground. Indeed we are. So, the Piesmaza Eurovisio Dvadasit 3 was held over three nights, two semi-finals, and a final on the 1st, 2nd, and 4th of March 2023. All three shows took place at Studios 8 and 9 in RTS, the broadcaster, uh, in Kosciutniak in Belgrade. Studio 8 and 9, so 10 was taken. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 32 acts in total, 16 in each semi-final, which were whittled down to eight qualifiers, so a 16-song final. It was a big one. In all three shows, the jury and the televoting awarded one set of 12, 10, 8, etc. points, Eurovision style, to their 10 favourite entries. The eight songs that scored the most points in each semi-final went to the final, and the act with the most points in the final was the winner. Nice and simple. Hmm. Yeah. No messing around with wild cards and wild cards and this, that and the Jules. other. Just, do you like the song? Do you not? <laughs> All songs were hosted by Milan Maric and Dragana Kosjenera, with Green Room interviews conducted by Kristina Radenkovic and Stefan Popovic. So, they selected, of course, Summer Mesa Spava by Luke Black. Let's have a listen. <laughs> So Luke Black there with Sam Amisa Spava. Did the right song win, Matt? Yes. I think so, actually. I do. I don't know whether any other song in this long national final um, would have done any better than Luke. I think it's staged, you know, incredibly. It's a bit batshit. I love that about Serbia. No, I think right choice for me. There was a lot of batshit to give it a run for its money, as we're going to see tonight, and in the entries that we couldn't cram into the podcast. (laughs) There was an awful lot going on in Serbia this year. 
Constructor has a lot to answer for. (laughs) (laughs) So Luke Black qualified in 10th place with 37 points. Now, I just want to contrast that because Estonia, which we did a couple of episodes ago, Estonia qualified in 10th place in the other semi-final, but needed 74 points to do so. Luke Black qualified with 37. So it's a bit of a disparity in the balance of the voting between the two shows. Um, In the final, though, he only finished in 24th place. 30 points. The jury gave him 14 uh, and had him in 23rd place. And the televote gave him 16 and had him in joint, well, 21st place. But this is an interesting thing I found when I was looking at this. Although he got the same number of points, 16, as two other countries, Austria and Portugal, their positions were worked out based on the back counting of scores. So Serbia and Austria both placed higher than Portugal because more countries had voted for both of them than had voted for Portugal. Mm. But when it came to separating Serbia from Austria, Serbia came higher. This They got votes from the same number of countries. They then go look at how many 12s, yeah. 10s, etc. they got back. And they had to count right back to sixes <laughs> to separate them. Wow. They had the same number of 12s, 10s, 8s and 7s, but Serbia had more sixes. When you dig that down, it actually was that both of them had no 12s, both of them had no 10s, both of them had no eights. Both of them had one seven. And then Serbia had one six, which Austria didn't have. So that's how they split it wow. to work out the placings. But obviously, the total number of points is the same. So it <laughs> meant that in the Televo, Serbia was 21st, Austria 22nd, and Portugal officially 23rd with the same number of points. Wow. Maths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the way that were there yeah. to be a tie in the in the first place, in the grand final, that's the way it would be broken down. So it's just, I don't remember seeing it or so clearly with three countries like that. And I know it was right down the bottom of the scoreboard and it made no difference to the overall points. But I just thought it was quite interesting mm. that three of them there were separated in that way. Imagine if that's the top. That'd be such yeah. a cool thing to... Dissect, yeah. Yeah, and of course the EBU would have that at their fingertips. You know, there'd be no confusion there, even though the commentators and us watching, you know, might not know what's happening. You know, might need an explanation of what's happening to go, well, hang on, have they worked out who's who's in what place? (laughs) So that's Serbia at Eurovision. Let's have a dive into some of the songs that were in the national final. Song number one is Philip Balosh with Novi Plan Jugisan. Monty, I think that loosely translates the name of the song, New Plan Second Dream. Yes, okay. it is indeed. Yeah. Thoughts on this then? Yeah, so, well, this is an upbeat pop number. 
Um, this was the first song in the first semi-final, so I think this got us off to a good start. He's in a long leather trench coat with glasses on, and he has a glittery shirt underneath and some glittery gloves. And um, I think he looks like Hair Flick from Hello Hello, dressed going for a disco. <laughs> um, it's the first of quite a number of, I think, songs that were quite queer-coded in this year's mm. Serbian national final. Not all of the ones that we're going to talk about here fit that bill. But when you look at them, the songs that we had on our long list, there was a lot of songs in there, I think, that had a really queer reading. And that's interesting for a country like Serbia, given where its culture is around LGBTQ plus people. It's very much from the Russia school of thought, isn't it? I think it's got... I always think Serbia is quite closely tied to Russia in terms of... It is, yeah. I guess some people yeah. are, you know, still supportive of Russia and mm. Serbia. But I think, you know, probably, I don't know where officially the country stands. Mm. Just let us end it, Philip says. Uh, they say that time heals everything. Every time it comes, it never stops. Will it ever end? We used to be two worlds against all rules. Uh, but now we're no longer a team. So, yeah, it's one of these songs where, you know, he's broken up. So, yes, this is his new plan and his second dream. It's plan B for Philip. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I, I call it Twink Hyperpop because it is very much a hyperpop pop song. It's really good. Uh, he's given me, like, Neo from the Matrix vibes. Oh, yes, there is a bit of that. Yeah, yeah with the glasses. There's a lot of sci-fi elements, though, in the whole national final. Yeah, and, and gaming. And Black had mm. them as well. So, yeah, interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's a very dark stage in this one, I think, as well. Again, that was a lot of that. Um, and also, just a word on the staging here, actually, as in the, the uh, national final staging. The stage was kind of like a festival setup where you can see the rigging and the girders and the, it was a little bit more, um, like, not rustic, what's the word, like industrial. You could see the inner workings of, oh, that is a stage. Um, I quite like that, actually. It kind of added to some of the songs and this being one of them. There's lots of strobes and sort of like colour fills on screen and different sort of um, flashes of shapes and stuff like that. So it was quite basic. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, you know, this sort of song is kind of a bit like Charlie XCX or Rina Sawayama. In fact, it's very much like Rina Sawayama's song Imagining, which is from a new album. And it's just that it just makes me feel like really kind of dirty, but good dirty. Do you know what I mean? Like I want to I want to nick my drink and go and dance somewhere. Yeah, I think it's a great song. I'm a little confused, though, with the lyrics. I have to say, like, you know, I'm not quite sure what's happening. It's, it's very, very... Uh, metaphoric I think it's very very you know just symbolizing lots of things so it's hard to read for me especially I don't know much about Philip so I'm not sure where his stances or things or where he's coming from but just intriguing I think not knowing what's going on is kind of a description that you could apply to the whole of this selection <laughs> it's, it's not gonna be the last time I say that Song <laughs> <laughs> 2 is by Prince not that Prince but a Serbian Prince who's probably not really a Prince but you know what I mean he's called Prince it's called Svetsa Istaka the flower of the east. Matt, 
There's a lot going on in this song as well. Yeah. Um, Serbian ethnopop? Would it, is that the right description? I don't know. Like so many songs, I think, in this sort of genre, this area, it sort of plays to certain different sort of categories or themes. So, you know, glories of past warriors, or in the case of this, I think it's like a lament for a lover or, uh, you know, a significant other distant from, you know, not with you at the moment. I don't know. There's some kind of lament here. Um, it is quite generic sounding for this kind of song. I think it doesn't do much. It doesn't push the genre anywhere. It's kind of just very, very traditional and quite, we've seen it quite a few times before. It's entertaining. Very well performed. I have to say that. Very well performed. It's just there. It's a good Eastern European national final song for me. It feels like there's lots of traditional folk elements, but into a kind of more of an electro beat mm. um, pop song. It's, um, uh, you know, those elements are not just sonic, they're visual as well. I, I mean, Prince is coming out like a big sexy Jesus, you know, <laughs> his sort of long hair and his beard and his gold breastplating. Um, I quite like the look, actually. There's something I'm very drawn to about him. No, there's um, there's a lot of dancing going on. Um, there's a bit where they do that thing where you know they, you line up and the dancers are all behind you and all the hands come out. So it's a bit like the kind of the, the Hindu goddess Durga. Yes. Um, and, and it's got that, and it it's at that point it made me think, oh, there is there is a hint of the East about this. And then I thought, actually, the hint of the East is literally there in the title. <laughs> it's called the Flower of the East. So there are elements there. I think it's a bit of blending of kind of um, you know slightly more Asian, Eastern part of the world sounding folk and sounds in with the kind of the Balkan um, fusion there. Um, and I really like it. Mm. I mean, the, the words kind of echo folk music and there's a lot of kind of reference to nature and to flowers, the flower of the title, um, you know, but I, it, it's almost like a lament for a love that never was. It's, uh, you know, the spring and snow have gone for how many times already? I do not even remember. Uh, don't close the windows. I want to see you, my flower of the east. Hey, my love, if it's not too late, reveal your face. My love, with whom are you? <laughs> so it's this acknowledgement that the love that never was is, yeah. you know, now moved on, but still holding a torch for them and still wanting to, to be in your life. Song number three then is Ramba by Zenia. Old school Eastern European Eurovision banger with a Spanish twist. Yes, and there's absolutely no pretense of anything <laughs> highbrow about this whatsoever. Um, it, it starts as a kind of, there's a bit of Spanish guitar in there, but it builds into something well, far more spectacular um, than that. Um, it feels like it is that kind of blend of um, Slavic pop with a bit of Latino 
um, rhythm and feel to it. It's a song of seduction. Um, in it, Zayda was singing, look how a strap falls off my shoulder. Look how I dance. I seduce the whole city. Listen to the guitar tonight. Dance together with me. Follow my body. This rhythm craves for it. Let's breathe as one. Like we've always been together. Let's go until the end. Lead me to paradise. Rumba boom, 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 boom. Rumba bem, 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 bem. <laughs> it's, oh my God, it's cheap as chips but my god I love it I'm so here for it but the thing is though it's one of the few songs and very few songs in this mix that doesn't take itself too seriously there's a lot of earnest behaviour going on in this national selection let me tell you and she just gives this there's a couple of times it's this fun little smile to camera and I think you know exactly what you're doing you know this is slightly off kilter but you're just leaning into it and yeah it's not taking itself too seriously and I think that is key as to why this song works perfectly because it just knows exactly what it is um I do have to say I do like a lot of the there's a lot of red and gold sort of colorways on stage and they stick with that throughout and the song fucking bangs and I'm here for it absolutely 100% song four is by Angelina it's called Lanach or Chain I don't know. I didn't see many chains. Well, were there chains on stage? And they're more in the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, this is, okay. uh, Yeah, this is where I'm confused again. Um, So I find it really hard to switch off from the visuals here because she's dressed in a kind of like some serpentine princess. Not there's any sort of serpent. She's got a tail or anything, but she kind of looks like she's got her hair up in sort of, extravagant sort of way and it kind of looks almost like Medusa-like um, but she's got these dancers with her who are and this is a very esoteric reference but there's a very very well-known computer game called Mortal Kombat and there's a character who's famous in it and it's the name's Raiden and it's got that the pointy hat from Asia oh yes I mean it has different names yeah. in different languages but it's very common across the air, the region yeah so it just reminds me of that so again and it's only because I, in, I've, I'm put in mind of Luke Black in the same national final who had some really strong gaming iconography even and it's a similar thing here especially at the start there's this young man dancer at the start who's kind of anime inspired he looks really white and his hair is um, like these blonde curtains which are very anime very specific characters that you can see in computer games and I wonder whether this is a whole thing through this national final, it was really interesting to me. So that I had that in my mind, and then when I watched the song and read the lyrics, I'm just wondering what's going on again because I do wonder: is this style over substance? My trusted phrase that I wheel out when I'm really confused. I think what it is: this song is trying to 
fit around the look of the artist and the whole presentation rather than the other way round. I feel like the visuals lead in it, not the song. It's something about that. I'm not sure. Is it all fur coat and no knickers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Show you on the outside, but there's nothing of substance inside. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I really like the visuals of it. It um, has that kind of almost sci-fi look. Um, she looks stunning. I mean, she's in this black outfit and her underdancers have got this almost golden rib effect on the costume. Her hair is plaited and it's all shaped. And Medusa-like is quite a good description because it is like all these like snakes coming out of her hair. Um, there's this white figure in the routine. So at one point drags her from the dancers up onto a plinth at the back and then the white clothed character gets sort of involved in the dance routine with all the dark ones around. And I don't know if there's this kind of symbolic struggle of, you know, lightness and darkness mm. and good and evil. Um, it's not really borne out in the lyrics. I mean, the lyrics are about kind of being, you know, the chains there are kind of, you know, what are binding her to, you know, she's fallen to, she's hit rock bottom and she's literally saying, you know, so, you know, we, we can, we can lie to each other and, uh, until dawn. Nobody needs you when you're at the bottom as if she's, you know, sort of at the pits of despair, um, in some relationship or, um, or in life or, but yeah, there's a, there's an awful lot going on on the stage <laughs> that's not always congruent with the song. But it looks amazing. Oh, and yeah. she sounds amazing. Song number five then, final song. And it is the return of the band, Hurricane, with the song Zumi Zimi Zami. Monty, Hurricane Return, but um, looking a bit different? Yeah, I mean, you say the return of the band, but it's a little bit like when the Sugar Babes um, went through so many different iterations. They ended up with like completely different members, none of whom had been in the band to start with. And that's what's happened with Hurricane, you know. So, so just two years on from their appearance, it's a whole new lineup. So they're using the brand of the band, but none of the original women um, are there. This is batshit <laughs> completely. Um, they they start singing, you know, call me Zumi, call me Zimmy, call me Zami, and then it shows on the backdrop, welcome to Hurryland. Yeah. <laughs> so like Hurricane Land. Um, I'm finding it a little bit difficult to describe the aesthetic um, going on. There's sort of hints of African design in the costumes um, almost like a hint of futurism as well it's tribal fantasy yeah I mean well, the future tribal, fantasy it, it's there definitely because the drumming and the rhythm is quite prominent in the mix it's kind of it's what's driving the song um, forward there's three male dancers come on that they kind of flirt around with and they're wearing very bizarre costumes <laughs> very costumes that have kind of like muscle torsos painted onto them yeah, it's like we couldn't find dancers with six packs, so we're just going to paint them on the dancers that we can afford. <laughs> and uh, 
you know, the routine, there's, you know, a point it almost looks like they're, you know, casting some kind of spell over the dancers. I mean, the lyrics as well. I mean, it's, it's, in the emptiness of love, three wishes on my part, a strange force is pulling you to me. What is it about me that attracts you? It fires my imagination. Release your stress and make a mess. <laughs> With Zoomy Zimmy Zammy. <laughs> I mean, there's an interpretation of that line there for me. Yes. Do you make a mess when you release your stress? When I when I when I zoomy zoomy zammy, of course. Zoomy zoomy zammy. Don't we all? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, uh, one thing I will say about this uh, is it is high quality nonsense, and I love it. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that. Uh, I think they look actually incredible. I think the dress uh, the, for all the cheapness that is on display, they actually look great. I, I'm the costume is actually really on point because I think there is. A different version of this song presentation that I probably would have tried to push for, and that was try and create this Horrorland world on stage. What are you trying to create? Bring us like high, yeah, future fantasy, this tribal thing, and see what you can do. Play with that, not painted on six packs on your dancers. So, just a word on the girls not being the same girls as uh, the original Hurricane band. This is the thing that I think cheapens it the most for me. And it's, you can just see the inner workings of music industry. And, you know, we know the band Hurricane. They're a huge band in Serbia. They're known to the wider Eurovision fandom as well, who are also watching the national selection. And because the rights seemingly are owned by a music manager or a record label, someone owns the rights... They've cleared the girls out, got some new ones in, and really it just feels really contrived and sort of like that product of corporate music. It's colourful silliness, yes, but I'm just like, oh, that leaves me feeling cold. I don't feel anything because I know you're just uh, just in the machine of music and it just doesn't do anything for me. We know that this kind of manufacturing of pop acts goes on in the music industry. I mean, you know, it's laid bare in shows like X Factor and Pop Idol where, yeah, I mean, you are in some of those shows literally putting an act together. Um, and, you know, sometimes it does work. I don't know what the musical pedigree of the three women who are now in the lineup is. Um, and I don't actually know how the former three members were brought together um, and how manufactured that was. But it felt to me that there was something about the original members where we knew something of the musicianship of those artists. And they performed with an incredible sass and really conveyed um, the message or the, the performance of their their song over. And I think this is this kind of the pound shop version. I think this really is um, substandard version of the group. I still like it. Mm. I still find it fun for what it is. But it really doesn't feel anything like Hurricane. As we know them. Mm. Do you think that girl groups especially have it really difficult? Like, like it's famously, you know, girl groups on, on shows like X Factor and that struggle because it's about they can't get, you can't get behind the people because there's too many people to get around sort of thing. Groups struggle. And I wonder whether, like, the groups that do this successfully have a strong brand. And I think you're right, the original girls did kind of have that sassiness and that strength and power where this just seems a bit silly. 
you know, Spice Girls had girl power. Girls Aloud had vocal blend and 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 dragged each other along. Little Mix have uh, empowering women and boosting your friends up. And and there's a there's always a story attached to these girl groups, which is really strong, and everyone believes in it. I don't know what these pe- what these people stand for. No, I don't either. And to give another example of a girl group from a far less grander stage. Dolly Style, who we've seen a few times in Melfest, have also come back with different lineups of members. And I think that is the kind of contrivance that we see here, the kind of really clearly manufactured where the brand is the look and the, 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 the name. And it almost doesn't matter what the lineup is and who's there. It's almost like every member is completely interchangeable. And I don't think that works because there was something about the original members here that you could relate to and you could like. And here, it just looks like three Tuppany Hate Me replacements. Yeah, I mean, vocally, I think they're okay, actually. It's not it's not anything like that. But if they would have pulled out a, a McDonald's a Happy Meal or, you know, branded some Coca-Cola, I, wouldn't have, I absolutely wouldn't have batted an eyelid. I thought, well, of course you're going to just... Do it. it just mm-hmm. feels icky to me. Yeah. So that's our five songs from Serbia. Do you know what? If you haven't seen the Serbian final, go back and have a look through some of the songs. There are a lot and not everything's great, but there are some really out there performances. I mean, if you like the batshit element of Eurovision selections, and if you do, you should also check out Roy Delaney's Eurovision Apocalypse site. But if you like that, there is so much to find in the Serbian final. It, I mentioned Constructor earlier on, and I, mean, I think Constructor was high art. I really do. And I wonder if people have kind of went, that's quirky, let's put something a little bit quirky in together. And, you know, lots of them have made them into the national selection this year. Mm. I don't know. I'm this... here for that, though. I'm here for oh, the quirkiness. Totally. Because um, there's a fine line between GCSE, school project, and, you know, high art. Sometimes. And sometimes it can embrace the two. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there we are. There's our five songs from Serbia this year. So we'll find out which we've selected as a Serbian cherry after this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So you guys know what this is now. This is our good thing of the week. That is good to combat some of the negativity that you see online. We're going to make you feel good in this little segment. And Monty, how are we going to do that this week? Well, first of all, let me let you into a secret. These podcasts are recorded in advance. (laughs) So by the time you're going to hear this, this good thing of our week will be a good thing of a couple of weeks ago. But we just had to mention it. Who's the biggest group to ever come out of Eurovision? 100% ABBA. Absolutely. And... This week, while we're recording, or recently, while you're listening... <laughs> Last month. <laughs> we got a new song from one of the members of ABBA, and yet is back mm. with a new solo song and with a slightly unexpected new album, which is not entirely new. It's her last album from 2013. But with all the music stripped out and with new music put around it, so it's going to be reworked versions but we got a new track and i think it's gorgeous it's so lovely to hear anietta again one of the great 
voices and performers of pop who stood the test of time through her work with ABBA and we've seen so little of her and heard so little new from her in the latter part of her career and at 73 almost out of the blue we suddenly get a new track dropped and I'm so here for it. It's a great track and I'm not saying that like you know don't mean any disrespect to that it's just that you know sometimes with the older generation it's a harder thing to write a contemporary song you know, obviously the kids aren't necessarily going to buy it. You aim it at the markets, right? But how do you make it still sound current? And and I think they've absolutely nailed it. It's a it's a really lovely song um, with some contemporary elements. And I think it's done the job, really. And it's just, yeah, I think it's begged the question, what are we going to get at Eurovision next year? <laughs> well, this is the thing, because in the interview on Radio 2... Um, in the UK, which is when it got its world premiere, she was, of course, asked about the fact that, you know, Eurovision 2024 is going to be in Sweden on the 50th anniversary of ABBA's famous win with Waterloo. And, well, although Benny may have initially poo-pooed the idea when it was first put to them in May when Sweden won, Agnetta's giving a little bit of a hint that something might be on the cards. So she said in the interview, you never know anything with ABBA. Well, I won't say anything. I prefer to keep quiet. So I don't know. I think that maybe the position has evolved since Benny did a flat outright no. They put in pressure on Benny. Like, well, Come I on, just Benny. Think, I don't know. I think there's going to be something there. I mean, there's going to be speculation right up until the final <laughs> because whatever they have, they're going to keep under wrap. I do not think ABBA are going to get on stage and perform an ABBA song. No. I think that's absolutely out of the question. But there are a myriad options of what they could do to market. And Anietta's little comment in this interview has just opened the door slightly more to the speculation, which is going to rage until we get to May next year. But Agneta, you are our good thing of the week. That is good. Thank you. It's so lovely to hear your voice again. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. Ah, oh, there we are. That did me the warm and fuzzies. Uh, so what's left? Oh, yes. Cherry selection. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Almost forgot. <laughs> so, Monty, lead us in there. What song have we selected as a Serbian cherry this year? Well, we think it's time to get up and dance. And what better way to do that with a bit of rumba boom 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 rumba bam 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 bam. <laughs> the silliness, the stupidity, the high class nonsense that is rumba by Zena is the Serbian cherry for 2023. <laughs> Oh, I do like that. <laughs> it's just fab, isn't mm. it? It's completely ridiculous. 
but wonderful at the same yeah. time. That's going to fit in well with the, the rest of the songs that we've got. I mean, I think wonderful but ridiculous is <laughs> the motto that we could adopt. The whole of Second Cherry. It's basically this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so how do people get in contact with us, Monty, if they want to agree or disagree with us? Uh, they can get in touch on social media, so Twitter or X or maybe Twitter, which is soon going to be X Twitter, because <laughs> Elon Musk might not make a full fist of it, is at Second Cherry. Instagram is second underscore cherry and Facebook is Second Cherry Podcast. Or you can email us on hello at secondcherry.vision. That's hello at secondcherry. Dot vision. We should look forward to hearing from you. Do you agree with our choices? Or do you not? Let us know if you do. Shut up if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you. Well, we'll not see you. You'll be able to hear us next episode, which we actually don't know what's going to be yet. But we well, I do. To. Well, I don't know whether we should announce it. No. Well, I don't. So this is a unilateral decision. <laughs> Well, I think we can say... Okay, we're going to say... <laughs> the next week, we're going to talk about Italia, Italy. Oh, are we? San Remo. Always a favourite. Yeah. Well, there we are. <laughs> Monty's like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> there we are then. So that will be Italy next week. And so, um, yeah, we'll love you and leave you. Until then, see you later. Bye. Bye.